from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Len and Naomi Nealand of Holy Rosary Parish in Glenwood. They were featured in the most recent issue of the Catholic Mirror about the challenges they faced after their house and acreage were flooded by the Missouri River. Before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the bishop's mind. I certainly had a lot of people speaking glowingly of technology and what technology has been able to do for us. So not just Iowa Catholic Radio, but the the means of you know live streaming and you know I think this has really kind of catapulted the church into a new era being church. And a lot of people I think have that that sense that mm-hmm. we're, we're, there's not going to be any going back from this. Hopefully it doesn't mean that we rely on virtual presence sure. as our primary point, but the, our longing for to be physically present. But I think the opportunities to really connect mm-hmm. and to to reach out to people, but also the creativity that's come forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and again, different levels of technical competence there for some who are not so much Facebook savvy and things that are going on. But mm-hmm. I think it's just, you know, going to kind of maybe be part of this glue of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that kind of pervades and carries over uh, from those moments when we are actually a worshiping community or being present sacramentally or, or otherwise. And I think that's going to be something that you know, it's woven into our life in a, in a beautiful way. So that mm-hmm. could be one of the graces, you know, you think about, you know, uh, last night, uh, you know, the uh, Holy Thursday Mass at 5.30 p.m. and the main body of the cathedral church with really nobody present except for a couple of ministers and, and those filming it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that calls forth deeper faith. I mean, as a priest, I've had occasions in, in the, the academic ministry. I always tried to be part of parishes where celebrating in that way was not, you know, so exceptional. It was at least once or twice a week that that would be the case. And, you know, versus when you're filming, there's even that opportunity just to pause and just to pray the Mass with a new rhythm. You know, I know, you know, most priests have a sensibility, believe it or not, <laughs> but for some people, of, you know, that people don't have unlimited time to be there and that there's mm-hmm. a kind of internal clock sometimes. You know, my dad used to check his watch when I start preaching, you know, within two minutes. He's like, Dad, can you at least wait till eight minutes to check your watch? But uh, um, but I think even those moments just to pause and, and to prayerfully move into mm-hmm. that and not have to say, okay, we got to go on to the next thing here. And so, you know, when we're filming it, obviously there's a certain economy that we want to be there. But I think it's a real sense of the mystical body and and the ache and the pain that people have that uh, we're doing that. So today, Good Friday, uh, you know, the times are posted on our diocesan website or your parish site where the live streaming might be, the 3 p.m. gathering uh, for us and the, the filming there tomorrow night with the vigil uh, uh, then as well. Uh, and without the great uh, procession with the Easter candle, we're just going to start the light. Again, we're trying to follow the the uh, prescriptions of the Congregation of the Sacraments. And we did share some guidelines with our clergy, but we also shared some family practices, thanks to uh, John Gaffney, Adam Story, and others in the Office of Evangelization and Catechesis and Marriage and Family Life. Uh, we tried to communicate that via email to everybody, but uh, that's something that you could still consult and maybe consecrate these days and uh, and Easter Sunday as well in a, in a unique and, and beautiful way that uh, you know, though we can't be physically present, FaceTiming or Zooming each other, you know, later in the day as family might do. I'm very conscious. Not want, None of us kids wants to be the one who carries the virus into where my mom is living and, you know, 87. She's doing great. Whoops, sorry, I said her age again. Sorry, mom. But uh, um, it, uh, how... 
how the, the risen one, as he came through locked doors, mm-hmm. is present to us. Uh, I'm kind of conscious of uh, when I was uh, two years ago on sabbatical and uh, was actually down in uh, Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and my brother Mark joined me at that time. We are going to do a little uh, time traveling together, and we found ourselves at the, I think it was the Church of St. Bon- John Bosco on, on the Easter Vigil. So I had been concelebrating, but that, that night just showing up, thought I would sit with the people in the pews. But Mark noticed that nobody had the Easter tapers with them to light from the, the Paschal. So he ran out in the church courtyard, the religious goods store, and came back with his arms full of, of candles and things. And uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, he, you know, give me a hand, Bill. And so, so we started trying to pass them out to people, and they were a little wary of these two big gringos <laughs> trying to hand them a candle. Like, what are the strings attached? But ultimately, they they uh, they accepted that, and it was just a beautiful moment of new connectedness that transcends our culture or race in that way. So it was a a light among lights. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. On this day of mercy, all the divine floodgates through which graces flow are opened. Therefore, let no soul fear to draw near to me, even though its soul may be stained with sin. The Feast of Divine Mercy is Sunday, April 19th. Jesus offers us extraordinary graces on this special holy day. It is like a second baptism, a complete cleansing of our souls, a grace we will probably never fully comprehend. Divine Mercy Sunday, April 19th. Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Len and Naomi Nealon of Holy Rosary Parish in Glenwood. They were featured in the most recent issue of the Catholic Mirror about the challenges they faced after their house and acreage were flooded by the Missouri River last year. They'll tell us how their faith and support of others helped them get through the ordeal. Let's... Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, and thank you uh, to the Nealons for taking time here on... What is Good Friday, as uh, we mm-hmm. gather? Uh, Friday celebrated in a different way than we ever have before, where we can't be present as a people of God, but uh, by technology we can be present to each other. So, as you know, I came to Des Moines from uh, from Dubuque and had lived in Dubuque for 20 years, but they have a flood wall in Dubuque, and so we great respect for the M- Mississippi River, but mm-hmm. you know, you all in uh, Glenwood and southwest Iowa were having a very different experience last year at this time. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, how that all unfolded for you? Well, it started uh, one evening when Naomi and I were watching the local news uh, from Omaha before we uh, retired for the day. And uh, they said the uh, the Missouri River was out of its banks and expected to rise. And so we have large levees here that we're protected by. And we weren't really too worried about it because in 2011, we uh, were protected by the levees and so the next morning when we got up before uh, Naomi went to work at the Glenwood Community School System, uh, she said, let's just drive over to the Missouri River Bridge, the new bridge. It's only about a mile from our house and see what's going on. So we hopped in the car and drove down our Highway 34. And when we got to the levee, we both kind of panicked because um, it looked like a flowing lake. The water was already 
kind of dribbling over the levee and um, water was rushing down the river. And so you had to go to the Nebraska side to turn around. And when we got there, the water was already running over the levee and was over uh, a couple lanes of the road, but there weren't any uh, um, legal authorities there or anything yet, but cars were quiet wondering where to go. We went back home and Naomi called uh, into the school district and told them that she wanted to stay home and pack up. And we just kind of frantically went through the house and picked up a few things. We called her children. One of our, our daughters lives in Glenwood. We called her. We came out and just kind of frantically went through the house, packing up items and taking them into town. And we live on an acreage and we have, uh, I raised eagle puppies and we had uh, five adult beagles there we kind of rounded them up and we have chickens and barn cats and mm-hmm. tried to do what we could but we can't catch them so we just opened the door and kind of told them they were on their own if the water came you let and, them out uh, you let them out of the ark then huh that yeah i <laughs> <laughs> in a tree the birds if they are the chickens if they could but anyway then we spent the whole day moving tractors to higher ground and salvaging stuff in our shop we have a large uh, machine shed i call it with a lot of uh, kind of a hoarder of uh, antique equipment and tools and so forth. So, and, I mean, this kind of frenzy of trying to salvage things. I mean, are you, you're talking to each other like, no, no, leave that, take that. I mean, are you in sync or you just your minds are racing and you think this is our, our life together. This is our story. And, you know, what's exactly, going to be left from it? Yeah, it's, that's exactly what uh, <laughs> what was going. I felt a little bit like the apostles when Christ told them to leave everything and follow me. <laughs> um, we, we left everything and uh, then at six o'clock a sheriff's deputy was at our house and said that we should leave right away but for sure by 10 p.m well it was in march it was starting to get dark and and we were pretty well tired out from the day so we uh, went to our daughter's basement who lives in glenwood here she has a walkout basement and a kitchen and everything and Started to kind of spend the evening on. Now wait a minute, going to a lower level during a flood time. (laughs) I think Glenwood's on a hill. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the tornadoes you're supposed to go down, right? (laughs) Exactly. But we were in the inner basement and uh, unpacking our things and trying to get organized in there a little bit because we kind of felt we'd stay there for a while. Well, then uh, the next morning was Saturday. I uh, got up and I took our pickup truck. I was going to drive out and see if I could maybe get a few more things. But when I got to our county road, there were about three feet of water over the road, and it was rushing across the road. And I, uh, of course, turned around went back to town, and I said, I think we're in trouble. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, the master of understatement there. And Naomi, is he usually like that? Is that yeah. 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 So, or stating anyway, the obvious. Then, <laughs> right away, the community came together. That's the thing that I saw God working uh, for us. Uh, nature does what it's going to do. But the people just uh, started having meal. There was a large meal site where we could have three meals a day. And these were, uh, you know, not just little flimsy meals. These were big old cooked things. 
In fact, later on, I had to kind of cut back because I was gaining weight going to the soup kitchen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, if I may interject, and this is maybe a little inappropriate given the gravity of what, we, but but some have said in the light of what we're going through now with the coronavirus, that, you know, that we're, we're wary and all that we put on the COVID nineteen as we've hunkered in, in this way. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm sorry for a little gallows humor there, but uh, you know. no, it's, it's too close to the refrigerator. But. Um, but that kind of those uh, groups kind of turned into being support groups. Uh, people came together and shared their stories, and we had some uh, counselors there. Some people were very emotionally involved. They were uh, weeping and crying and didn't know where to turn. And we had some social workers there that could talk to people. Father Dan uh, Sipker from our parish and some other ministers, some ministers were there mm-hmm. and provided uh, comfort to people. And it wasn't and just it was, drawn along faith lines, right? Well, no, you're not my church, so I'm not going to help you, right? I mean, no, did it kind of all flow together? Or? It was everybody, but um, but uh, we did get a lot of support. It was good to see God working in that way uh, to try and help us get a grip on what was going on. And, and, and in, in reflection, maybe that's something you can affirm, but Naomi, were there moments when you just like, God, where are you? Or, you know, if this is the God who created the nature and things, you know, have you checked out on us or what's going on? Was it a, was it a test of faith in some way? It was, it was. I, I always thought that I believed in God and, and I knew that, um, that I wanted to be closer to him, but I didn't feel his presence until I saw all that support. That was coming from everywhere. We had a church in Illinois come and help us um, take everything out of the house. And it was just amazing, the, the, the experiencing of the love in the community, um, knowing that it was, it, I don't know, knowing that if all that stuff was going to be gone, it was, it, was, it was amazing. And I feel like, I believe in and trust in God more because of that. So people kind of his his God's ambassadors and how they were, and maybe some took time from spring break even to come uh, be in the area and helping out in that way. But uh, yeah, the Mennonite people, we had Amish people. They would come and stay in their um, tents in the cold hmm. and in cars, and they stayed at the YMCA and took showers at the YMCA, and we just had an overwhelming group of people that came and helped and just showed the love of God from every corner. Mm-hmm. When we think about when we think about Good Friday, we think about the, the, the meaning of the cross to us, and, uh, you know, were you kind of on one side of the cross for a while before you could actually see the, the hope and victory that it gives, or is that something that you know, some people took a, a lot longer to kind of emerge from depression or despair. I mean, if you lose not just, the, you know, your stuff, but the things that capture so many moments and, and, you know, ways of, you know, relationships and people in our lives, the kind of sacramental things, you know, the images and things, not just religious, but uh, very personal, where there's some people for whom this was a, lo- a long haul to, to come to Easter, if you will. Yeah. Yes. I think <clears throat> We have a we have a website called Mills County Support Group, the mm-hmm. Mills County Food Support Group, and uh, on that you hear a lot of people still venting their frustration about, yeah, mm-hmm. 
And I guess there's a lot of theft going on. People that can't get to the, you know, they're they're out of their home and they can't watch their stuff, and somebody comes along and takes stuff. I'll just. So kind of the dark, the darker side of human nature is yeah. also there. So you know, the, we're not, uh, yeah. you know, if we're banished children of Eve that we are. The veil of iniquity hasn't been lifted. You know, it brings out the mm-hmm. best and, and the darker side of things. You were going to comment, Lana. Mm-hmm. I cut you off. Well, you just learn to live without things. You know, I had a rosary on my nightstand uh, that I've had for years and years, and we put it on. We put some of those things on our bed. Uh, thinking that that would be high enough, but it wasn't. Uh, you floated off of there, and, and it wasn't just water, but it was a black mud that covered everything. Uh, it just was everywhere, and it smelled really bad. And, and uh, things like my picture of my mom and dad standing next to me at my first communion, you know, those things are just gone, and, and they're not coming back. But you learn you learn to move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um and, uh, but yeah, I think it, it strengthened my faith, too. I uh, was born and raised a Catholic. I went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school, uh, Kemper Catholic School in Carroll there. And uh, just, um, you know, I always thought that uh, Jesus was kind of a, 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 oh, I don't know, a, somebody that I was real familiar with, uh, maybe an acquaintance that I chatted with now and then. But um, after the flood, he seems to be more of a close friend than an acquaintance. And, and even going to Mass and doing our hour of adoration here in our parish, it just seems different than it was before. Yeah, I noticed you, you made that comment in the Catholic Mirror, and uh, so that was something that was already part of your life, but uh, in a way, you kind of went deeper in that. You know, you know we talk about the, the veil removed, you know, as a, a video, but uh, but the, yes. that, that way of being present with Jesus uh, yes. opened up yes. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the way it turned out, yes. Mm-hmm. Do you think your experience now of seeing the people who are hurting, you know, around the country, on you know, New York and other places, that uh, you feel a, a certain compassion and solidarity with them, even that's changed by virtue of your experience with the flooding? Yes. Uh, yeah, we can totally understand how they might feel not being able to control anything in their life. Um, yes, I think, do you have anything to say? Well, we're both concerned. We're in that, um, we're in that age group where we have to be very careful, of course, and, uh, we're just kind of scared, uh, about it and, uh, pray about it. And hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do our best to, uh, we just, uh, got a text from our parish and we're going to have, pick up our, our palms, but it's a drive through situation. <laughs> so I don't know. It's really getting weird. But, um, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Weird is one way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've been doing the math every day on the on the on the telephone. Yeah, Father Dan. <laughs> Father Dan has it. Um, what do you call it? Um, live stream. Live. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Live stream. That's good. How long are his homilies? I have to ask. <laughs> well, they're not. Uh, usually, they're long, but. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> This morning it was kind of short, but ironically, uh, he talked about the uh, the virus, but he also brought in the flood, uh, which I thought was kind of um, you know kind of spooky. Really, <laughs> we were going to talk to you today about it, kind of a coincidence, I guess. But he uh, 
talked about a, a gentleman who was out on his farm and uh, the flood was coming up and the neighbor drove down with his big tractor and asked him to hop on. You probably heard the story. Well, maybe you did. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, he ended up perishing in the flood. And when he got to the pearly gates, he, told, he said to God, you know, why were you when I was needing help? And God said, I sent you four people to help you and you turned them down. <laughs> So, that's a, that that's a classic. Good. That's a classic. Yeah. 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 But, but it was kind of a coincidence that he included that in his homily this morning. When we were going to be talking to uh, well, you about this. I I, uh, I I promise you, we did not confer in any <laughs> way. So Father Dan, <laughs> Father Dan, oh, well, Father Dan got a, a marvelous recognition from Catholic Charities of the Diocese for his longtime commitment and service to us. So he's man. Not only you know with uh, the people, his people in Glenwood, but uh, his uh, imprint and witnesses yeah, radiated maybe. through so many different people. But uh, so we give him a little shout out here this morning and grateful. And the parish, of course, we're on a high. The parish is on a high hill, so if that uh, gets a flood, it'll be uh, doomed today. But uh, <laughs> also, he also allowed a lot of people to bring uh, things up to the parish parking lot. I brought two. Uh, trailers up there with tractors on and other equipment on and left them there to get them out of the flood and other people did the same and so that helped us out a lot too Mm -hmm. well i hope he doesn't charge you rent for those parking places then (laughs) (laughs) we haven't gotten the bill yet (laughs) yeah yeah he may but uh at least we got everything back so this whole cycle of you know of, of death and resurrection we think of the paschal mystery uh, you kind of passed over uh, through your uh, trial last year. But uh, as you say, you know, you recognize uh, life is a very precious and fragile thing. And, you know, that uh, now with the virus and everything else, God keeps drawing us, uh, you know, not just going around in circles, but that ultimately, you know, the, the cycle of Good Friday and Easter is something we live again and again. Uh, and hopefully that's something that not for you, only for you, but your children, family, but for the whole community that trusts that God is with you and that... Uh, God suffers with us, but that God is also drawing us to that new and abundant life. So thank you for your great witness, and uh, may somehow you find uh, the moments to celebrate a happy Easter, even if it's through remote technology with the people that you love and your family, and be safe, okay? Yes. Okay. Thanks for visiting with us, Bishop, and uh, Stay uh, we'll pray for each other. Amen. Amen. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. This is Bishop William Johnson of the Catholic Diocese of Des Moines. Each of us has the potential to be an instrument of God's love, a light in our world. Each healthcare professional, first responder, and scientist searching for a coronavirus cure is an example of that light. I encourage you for the next 50 days to magnify the light in our homes or neighborhoods by lighting a candle or other source for an hour after sunset and pray that darkness and disease do not prevail. This Easter, I pray that light shines through us as witnesses of God's love.
Welcome back. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. Well, great interview with the Neelands. They're salt of the earth, you know. That's mm-hmm. why I love Iowa and people like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is kind of, uh, I have to be patient to be able to get around to the parishes. And this mm-hmm. kind of confirmation season is not going to be what it was shaping up to. I, I look forward to that as a great chance to engage with the flock and mm-hmm. uh, and to really get to know them. I heard a, a message from John Fisher along with his wife Mary out there in Neola said we had hoped to, that I would be coming for confirmation, but now everything's changed with this pandemic. I actually uh, gave a little blessing to their 17-month-old grandson, James, when I was at St. Albert School in mm-hmm. Council Bluff for Mass during Catholic Schools Week, and uh, they're keeping that photo. He gives you a nice little shout-out, uh, Kelly, for your article in the Catholic Mirror about the, the Neelands and just the, the Mirror in general, that uh, as people look at the, that and Matt Campbell's talk and all that you wrote about. And then, you know, waxes nostalgically, uh, some of us, you know, Clyde Williams Field in Ames, where he graduated from Iowa State in 74 and, and things like that. He was on the 50-yard line during half uh, homecoming at that year and then met his wife, Mary, a good old Imogene girl, Catholic nurse after graduation and their four children, many of whom became cyclones and then one, you know, went to the dark side and earned a medical degree at the University of Iowa <laughs> that way. Just teasing Hawkeye fans, please do not send me any hate mail, Okay. Uh, but just, again, that's a different era and uh, mm-hmm. how we can be present to each other. So um, kind of looking at uh, other things going on in the in the world, Catholic or otherwise, and how are people reaching out to support each other uh, sure, beyond yes. the diocese even? Uh, well, Chicago is has been considered one of the hotspots with the coronavirus, um, but there's a religious order that is paying the hotel bills for um, some of Chicago's homeless that they can be um, you know secluded and have some isolation. The clerics of St. Viator have donated more than $60,000 to help protect those who have nowhere to isolate. Um, so yeah, there's, there's hotels that they've been paying for, and um, that's been helping these people shelter uh, with more than 800, 1,800 cases of the uh, virus in Chicago. It's definitely a very genuine, generous gesture. It is, you know, the kind of religious community that professes poverty, but uh, mm-hmm. out of the, the, the material abundance that they have, that they could be there for the homeless mm-hmm. and the spirit of St. Viator. So I think we're going to be seeing lots more stories of that, and we mm-hmm. have already. Mm-hmm. And this way in which we, you know, I talked about bringing candles to people in a church, but maybe extending a light to others mm-hmm. in the way that we can. And I've just been commending uh, uh, people, maybe as a Holy Saturday and proceeding into the whole 50 days of Easter, maybe that we could uh, light a candle on our as uh, daylight falls uh, for that first hour. And we know, obviously, the days get longer, but mm-hmm. uh, for an hour after sunset, just to have either a, a candle or, for safety's sake, some other kind of light source, mm-hmm. uh, just to turn that on in our neighborhoods is a kind of a symbol that we're not going to uh, succumb to the darkness of mm-hmm. discouragement and doubt, just like the Neelan said, you know, we're all tempted. And, uh, you know, our fears for not only our well-being, but the way in which we kind of have that spiritual connection. So it's not just virtual reality, mm-hmm. but, but genuine reality as well. Well, anything else that uh, you wanted to share with us, Kelly? No, or, I think that's good. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and how, you know, how for you, what's this going to shape up here, your Easter Sunday and how you're going to celebrate that? I know your dad had some health issues uh, yeah, early in the year. Yeah, well, my dad is in a nursing home, but uh, I'm able to FaceTime him on tablet. But uh, my mom is, you know, she's in older years, so we're just going to do a Zoom Zoom meeting and... Um, That'll be it. <laughs> okay. How about you? Now, is there any special dishes you're going to prepare? That, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> brunch, scrambled eggs, hash browns. It's going to probably be the same as every other Sunday, but. Okay. Probably. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. 
All right. Maybe so, some ham. Maybe we'll throw that in there. Okay. All How right. about? So, because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought that I, I, far ahead. Yeah. Since I know our nor, are yeah. Pretty am I going to make a meatloaf in the shape <laughs> of a, a lamb or something here? I don't know. Yeah, people know that my cooking. I, I inherited that. I did not, you know, that non-gene from my mother about cooking. You know, I love to eat, but uh, you know, I, I have one brother, Mark, you know, the one who, you know, Mr. Candle guy, but he is truly a, a gourmet chef, and I'm, nice. I'm sure the, the people that he's hunkered in with in Greensburg, so Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, yeah, could, yeah, could, yeah, I don't think I want to see that. You know, that yeah. you know, kind of add to that as well. So, and then of course, my brother David, he has to have his peeps, you know, on, on, on oh, Easter. Yeah. So. So, you know, partial. Thank you. <laughs> this has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.